0: life we make all kinds of connections from our neighbors to our co-workers from family members to people we interact with in business every day what about the connections we make to ourselves? today we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives this is things worth considering with host gord riddell it's time to listen and learn Hi, welcome once again to Things
1: Worth Considering. Uh, this is actually part two of uh, parenting in a pandemic. I thought it was uh, kind of important to talk about parenting. So I am uh, Gord Riddell, and I am here with my co host, Alexia Georgiusis. And uh, yeah, we're just going to pick up. But before we do, uh, we want to let everyone know that uh, as of July the 8th, which is a Thursday, we will be going live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific. And you'll be able to uh, call in and actually chat with us in real time. Uh, In the interim, you can get in touch with us at info at spiritgrows.ca. That's where you can drop us a line. Uh, And we will deal with it on air. Uh, But certainly we're, we're excited about going live on July 8th here on Voice America. And picking up where we are, you know, this whole thing of parenting right now is really a tough one. Uh, there's a lot of people I know listening that are struggling to hold everything together and try to keep some sense of normalcy and some sense of a routine, which is very difficult when there is no routine. It's very <laughs> difficult. Know, like yes. Nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I think the most difficult are, are people who are parents, you know? I think uh, so too. You know, so that's why I thought it was a good title, parenting in a pandemic, you know, what, uh, what better, uh, what better title could it be? So, you know, Pretending to work on, you know, that having a regular life is is really screwed up. It's, uh, you know, it's not easy because what we're doing is we're weaving a tale of what was, and not what is. Mm-hmm. And and you know, that's it, it sounds it sounds like a kind of a weird one, but we're acting as if nothing has happened, but yet at the same time, that's not real. Something has happened. And that is, we're not going to work. We're not going to school. Our kids aren't playing with uh, their their friends. I'm sure if they're young enough, they're wondering why all of this has happened. Um, actually, one of my friends, she said, "You know, I feel like my mom told me to." And she's a grown up, by the way, who is also okay. a mom. But she said she feels like her mom came in and said, "Now go to your room and think about this." <laughs> she just hasn't in her room, um, you know. It's also it's really hard when we're we're acting as if to keep that illusion going, um, and believing like the way it was or the way it's supposed to be, which an awful lot of people live their life as, um, and and then there just simply is what is.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. It does make sense absolutely because you know there's so many points here where first of all it's completely new, it's completely unknown. There's so much changeability there is also a sense of contradictory information or confusing information Mm. in terms of you know what's safe what isn't uh, you know a lot of mixed sort of messages and yet for the parents I think that it's going to be that not only are they going to have to basically face what's happening with their children but also what's coming up in themselves because that sense of again, identity or routine or schedule. And we talked a little bit about this last time where the self-care part, if that's not embedded or it's not sort of something that is almost rote, you know, habitual, that right. typically it's when, when you are, are shocked by something, it's the first a sense of, okay, there's shock and how to find our ground, how to find our feet beneath us. And there's been so many balls flying around in the air that I think for parents, especially, it's so new. And then also the learning curve around being online, that how do they end up going forward and also feeling that sense of responsibility? Right. A huge sense of responsibility.
1: Enormous. Enormous. Um, and I think that uh, you had mentioned this, actually, about uh, there being like all these roles parents are playing of being a parent uh, trying to be a friend because your kids your aren't seeing friends uh, uh, and being a, being their teacher yes and doing yes. homeschooling you yes. know that's uh, that's a hard one and the, one of the big things that healthcare you know is about dual relationships and mm-hmm. and how not to have dual relationships and the damage that they cause and yet here we are you know having to do that in our own homes. These, these well, dual relationships. And,
2: and it's a really good point because I think that within healthcare, this also touches a little bit on boundaries and really realizing or seeing that boundaries can be malleable. They can have a softness to them. But as long as something that you had mentioned around different styles of parenting, as long as there's clarity, because I think that that's what makes it very confusing around when there's not a sense of a definitive end and beginning and that is impossible in this state because when the parent is around it's like families who have businesses when they run a business together families have to really be mindful of when they do not talk about work it's like dinner table no work conversations or you know the weekend we're going to actually just go and have fun and no work but when people don't have a good sense of being able to hold a boundary that's when I think it can get very cloudy and very confusing and especially for, for kids too, because I think most children are relatively um, able to understand that they can go into different roles or again, it's how the parents end up communicating it and right. also how they end up demonstrating it in their behavior and actions.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. That, you know, and that's, that's a hard one. And that's why I really do think that, you know, setting up that this is this time for work and this time for play this time for, you know, being just a family, whatever. Uh, it, it really does need some sort of structure like that. Uh, because those, those of us who are working from home know that from the moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed, you can be working nonstop. Yes. You know? uh, yes. Because, you know, emails are coming in. People are working on different hours and, and the whole thing. And you've just got this constant flow of information coming in and out. Exactly. Or people wanting the information from you. Exactly. And you I
2: know? think on a, on a bigger scale, what's actually been a gift <laughs> – from COVID-19, this experience is I think it is also helping us to recognize that we ultimately have to be responsible for scheduling ourselves. And we Mm -hmm. ultimately have to be responsible for maintaining healthy boundaries. And instead of, you know, having a structure that's been externally imposed, whether it's we go to work at 9am, and we're there until five, and whatever it is, pardon me, but it's, it's heightening that sense of how do I have a better balance? Because some of the parents that I know, they have, you know, as I was saying last time is that they've enjoyed the time at home and they actually find that they're more efficient and more effective with their work and also being able to spend time with their children. The children Mm -hmm. are older, but it's again, that sense of of giving confidence and, and an ability to say that, wow, I actually can, can draw these boundaries and I can hold these boundaries.
1: Right, for myself. right, right. Yeah, uh, easier said than done. Oh,
2: absolutely. That's, that's a
1: really hard one, you know. Of course it is. It's like, okay, today I'm going to do this, this, and this, and, and then in comes that curveball. You didn't see it coming, you know, and, and you swung and struck out. Um, yeah, <laughs> you and you have to just act on it, you know. I think right. probably, you know, I mean, one of the big steps towards, you know, parents and children is recognizing that children are plugged in. This is a technology world. We may not really like it. I know people that you know, s- literally, s- still have a telephone yes. with an answering machine. Right. I joke about this. Uh, that God, I go wish I could go back to that age, but um, uh, will not have a pager. Will not have a cell phone. Is not have an email address. Is like live and in person or leave a note underneath his door. And I was just like, I don't know how you're making it because this man owns a number of buildings and, and right, so on. Right, uh, right. So if we, you know, as much as, as adults may not be very comfortable at times uh, or get all flustered with technology, our kids aren't. Children yes. are technologically based. So it's kind of like then to get get involved in it in an easy way, you know. You don't have to learn how to do programming or coding, you know. But, right, right. You, you know, you could you could just send them like a, a, a you know a nice little text that just says you know I hope you're having a fun day or or just something out of the blue you know uh, or I want you to have a fun day you know or you know if you see something that's really funny uh, you know these memes or whatever it's just send them something you know
2: yeah and it, it, you're right I mean I have I have some friends who are out in BC and they have three kids that are now all in university. And one's in, I think in, in high school still, but basically when they get up in the morning, the, the first thing they do is they all are looking at their phones and that's how they often will communicate because the kids often are out of the door or they've gone off. The parents are, are off at work and they've left before the children are up and they need to get a sense of scheduling. Oh, you've got this tonight. But right now with this pandemic, we don't have the same scheduling. So right. again, it's that idea of we're, you know, we're in the same space but there is a loneliness to it as well. It's not, you know, that's what I think is happening as well. There's a bit of a disconnect in terms of how do we relate to each other when we're spending so much time together and we want to have also (laughs) our sense of separation.
1: That's, I mean, think of that statement, what you just said, you know, that the disconnect is is we're spending so much time with them and yet we don't feel connected to them at all. I know, I know. But is that not just a developing awareness that we always felt that? Good question. Good you know, question. I, I'm, I think that we might we might feel more connected to our, our work uh, than yes. we are due to our families.
2: I think, so, especially might as a right. family that we live with. Yeah,
1: you know? I, I think um, you might be right
2: where that's that becomes more of a priority. And again, it goes back to what are we valuing? And hopefully, there's been an awareness around valuing life and connections and our relationships and slowing down is incredibly important. In order for us to thrive,
1: oh and yeah, to,
2: and to continue and continue evolving, right?
1: Well, absolutely, and and I think that you know until we really understand this whole concept of connection and what that means, how we connect, I think that so many of us connect based on what I want you to be. People look at their children and they relate to their children based on their illusion of what they one what they grew up with. And two of what they want their children to be. Yes, yes. And it's very, very difficult when your child isn't who you needed your child to be, because the only person actually who's going to suffer is the child. You know, Definitely. and that and, and that becomes incredibly, incredibly difficult. You know, um, and in Alberta they just finally uh, made it illegal to do what they call conversion therapy. Uh, conversion therapy. That's is... amazing. Yeah, it really is. And, it's, and thank God it has been illegal in Ontario. Um, healthcare providers have to sign a, a, a decree that they will never ever take part in it. Um, and, and for those who aren't sure what conversion therapy is, is that people who, you know, children are, or even grown ups who think that they might be um, uh, gay, that a conversion therapy would then be to try and prove them. You know, by by aversion therapy and shock therapies and all kinds of things to try and make them a heterosexual or heteronormative, um, and it is just disastrous. It's absolutely mm-hmm. disastrous. Anybody who's gone through this, you know, um, or Terrible. or a gender gender identification right. issue, you know, uh, someone who's in a male body but thinks that they're, they're they feel much more female, uh, and then to try to convert them and show like put them on a football team, you know, or, or something right. like that. It's right. really the insanity behind conversion therapy. So, you know, I, I, I just really thought, you know, so much about that. They made that illegal. And I was just so grateful to see that. And and thinking, Thank like, how, yeah. how many children or even adults are being destroyed by uh, the belief system of other people? You know, so what if, you're, <clears throat> if your kids are going to be, you know, other than heteronormative, you know? those days are long gone, you know, like get with a program and, and yeah. just accept that this is a world of differences. And the only way we're ever going to really know who we are is by embracing our differences. Yeah. Absolutely. Our sameness does not allow you to be anything.
2: No, no. And because I think that's, it, I that's think, robots. Oh, it's, it's robotic. And it's also doesn't allow for creativity, doesn't allow for expression doesn't allow for ultimately evolution or growth. And it doesn't, it doesn't. It, it doesn't, it really doesn't. It's, it's, it's an oppression that happens. And I think that, you know, to your point around a child and saying, I need you to be someone that I want. And I think under the guise of fear, because often I've heard people say, well, I'm just afraid that they're going to suffer in their lives. Or, and, you know, this will protect them. And I think that there may be good intent, but it also, on a deeper level, if someone explores that, it's it's definitely fear. Yes. Fear of what the person could go through, but also fear within themselves around facing their own shadows, facing their own judgments, their own prejudices.
1: Their or fear own... of them being judged. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, there's the old Freudian crap, you know, which is well disproven. Of, you know, the, it's the mother's fault or the father's fault for not doing this or doing that, that a child would be non heteronormative, you know, or non conforming. And, and, you know, what a horrible thing to carry, you know, that someone's so afraid that they're going to say, oh my God, that must have been a really bad mother because they've got this incredibly talented gay son. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. this is bullshit, beyond yeah, is. bullshit, you know, yes. kind of thing that we're still carrying such, such pressure to put on people. Uh, and I think, This gives us an opportunity to find out who our children really are, Mm -hmm. you know, and just embrace that. It is one of the only times you're ever going to have in your life to have this much time with your children. Very true. Very true. It is. This is a gift. This is a gift. On that note, we have to take a gift from our sponsors here, and we'll be right back after this commercial.
2: us on twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. get the lowdown on guests new shows and your favorites that's voice America trn
0: imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non-judgmental dynamic educational environment we believe learning is much more than just theories it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself Our physical, emotional, intellectual and spiritual selves are embraced and nurtured, learning how to create an internal balance. This is Transformational Arts College of Spiritual and Holistic Training. Since 1988, we continue our mission of spiritually focused education for all who seek. We offer integrative personal development and professional training in spiritual psychotherapy, holistic health care, spiritual director, coaching, and esoteric studies. We are located in Lawrence Park in Toronto on Yonge Street, north of Lawrence Avenue. It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at TransformationalArts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, welcome back to uh, Things Worth Considering. We're talking about parenting in this pandemic and the time that parents and children are spending together and how that might work for them uh, to be, uh, I believe, just a total gift uh, to have this kind of time to spend that we're never going to have. You know, I look back and think of God, I wish I'd had this kind of time with my parents mm-hmm. to discover who they were, you know, yes. and and then maybe I'm sure that they did, too. But they've gone now. Uh, they're around, uh, you know, not physically. And I'm sure that they wished that they'd known me in a different way, you know, in a longer, you know, a longer a bit rather than who they wish that I'd be. You know, right. I think that uh, as parents age, I think that's a joy of aging is, is that we stop worrying about what are other people going to say? Right. What do other people think? You know, and I think that even just knowing, as I've aged now from 30 to 31, uh, <laughs> where are you left? Uh,
2: <laughs> you look fantastic. I was like, what, you actually were sharing your age? I can't
1: believe it. <laughs> You know, uh, having, having, uh, you know, just an attitude of not really caring, not really caring about what other people uh, you know, think in the same way.
2: Certainly well, and not- I think, yes, and I, I think that that's, that there's a softening with some people. I think yes. there are also some that never soften.
1: Well, that's that, true, you too. You know,
2: hard on, keep, keep that way of how it should be. And, you know, uh, not change from is uh, hanging on to something. Because I think it goes back to that sense of identity of who am I and believing that if I'm this person, then this is the behavior and the rules that I need to follow and what it looks like. Because even as children growing up, I mean, part of becoming an adult is also recognizing that our own sense of self for who we are, you know, regardless right. of needing Validation or approval from the outside, that's part of a journey that is very deep. And I think it, it gets to a point where suddenly, when you have real freedom and are able to say, wow, I can be who I am and I don't need someone else's approval. Easier said than, than done, but it, it <laughs> is something where I think some children are often propelled into that, especially if they've come from abusive homes and they've been kicked out or they've run away, that they've had to grow up very quickly and they've had to get a sense of their identity for themselves.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, you know, trauma plays a big role in that for sure. Um, But, you know, the trauma also of not feeling wanted, not feeling like you fit in, you know, the number of people who over my years in therapy have come and, you know, uttered the words, that's not the way, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You know, I, the denial around, and that's what's supposed to be sixes in, you know, mm. this is not the way my daughter's supposed to be. She's not supposed to be, you know, lesbian, my son gay, my, you know, uh, I'm supposed to be wealthy. I'm supposed to be, you know, right. all of these, these illusions that one started out one's life with and just has never evolved from it. Uh, you know, there's a... a, a a line that I really like it, that comes out of uh, uh, DBT, and that is uh, radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. Radical acceptance. In other words, this is reality. You know. Now, us having reality right now is difficult because um, it changes. It changes every time. One of the one of the politicians seems to come on the air. You know. Uh, so. <laughs> right. Last week, all of a sudden, or yeah, yesterday, uh, all of a sudden, uh, you know, we discovered that we're under going to stay under a state of emergency until uh, June 30th. It's like, what? Yeah. So that doesn't mean you can't go out. It doesn't mean that we're not going to keep moving and evolving, sort of opening up the society somewhat. But it does mean that, uh, you know, at any point they can just pull, you know, pull it all back and say, eh, you know, the numbers are going back up and whatever. Mm -hmm. So having, you know, I guess that is a radical radical reality. uh, Acceptance of that reality is that from day to day, it's going to change. Well,
2: exactly. And I think that that's where recognizing for each other and for ourselves that having an ability to develop skills or insight into internal stability and calmness, because I think that, you know, it's the idea of change externally can be disruptive when we're too dependent on it. Yes. Somehow, and it's not to, of course, it's destabilizing to lose, you know, your house and, and finances and your business, very destabilizing. But ultimately, when there's that sense of awareness of, Wait a minute there is this being this consistency that is still inside each and every one of us. It's right. like the the metaphor of you know that's used often in meditation practices where what's consistent or what's continually present as consciousness is like the sky and whatever is moving through the sky whether it be clouds or planes or storms that that's just going to be the drama and the action and activity. What's consistently there and is unchanging is this awareness. And I think that with COVID-19, a lot of people are opening up in terms of being more expansive around recognizing, okay, there's this a lot of story and drama and narrative. And can I see that, yes, this is here. And there's also this other part of me that can have a more bird's eye view, so to speak, and see that I can be discerning as to what I'm going to drop into and for how long I'm going to stay there because it goes back to the boundaries and with parents around recognizing, okay, I've got a lot going on and I need to address my child or whatever the needs are, but I also have to be able to see a much bigger picture. And, and I think that's a big practice of what, you know, everyone, especially parents are being uh, called on to do.
1: I think that, you know, with being pulled in so many different directions, you know, that, you know, say being running your own business and being a mom and so on, you know, giving our children a sense of stability is probably the most important thing we can do. uh, That they, They can have a place of safety. So that comes about by one, just being present. You can't pretend you're listening to a child while you're working out something in your head. We can feel when people aren't there, you know, in the same way that someone can turn their head and start looking out the window when you're speaking, which is obvious, anyone who has any sort of empathic ability can feel when that person just left. In other words, they're sort of, they're, they went up into their brain or, or whatever. They're not really fully functioning there, you know? Yeah. And I think um, kids,
2: I think most children are empathic. I think that they're often looking and reaching energetically for connection and, and, and you know when when you can see people outside with their kids and if they're on their phones you you can see the disconnect with, with oh, the total with the, you know with the children that the children don't feel like they're part of the energy that is around the parent or with the parent
1: yeah uh, i mean uh, i can walk by and i just see that oh so cell phones have always been just a sort of a, uh, a thorn in my side since it was they were first came out like to see two people in a in a restaurant and one of them is on the phone. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you better be a surgeon who's taking, th- you know, taking right. the prime minister under surgery or something, you know, um, the, or, you know, a lawyer or something like major judge. But other than that, it's just like, there's no reason. You're not spending any time together. So, and it, it kind of brings up this this whole idea that we have to remind ourselves to focus on what is the finite. In other words, what is right in front of me? Uh, because that's what needs my attention. Yeah, and that's my kid. Yeah, you know. Uh, if if something else is in there right now, you know, then we focus on it. But staying in the now, staying in the moment, allows us to be present. Definitely. And if if we if we could stay present to the people we're in relationship with, now we've got connection. Now we have a place of of, you know, both parties or all five parties or however many feel that they're engaged, that they are being engaged into into that connection. Otherwise, you know, otherwise you may as well be on Zoom. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, you're in your space, I'm in my space. And and I mean, Zoom works beautifully because we can actually see each other, uh, you know, to to engage it while well, we can't be in the same space. But mm-hmm. uh, it, it's even hard like over a telephone or something, you know. I think that people should use Zoom or Skype, or uh, FaceTime, any of these free you know, uh, uh, connections to connect with their friends and families and so on all the time.
2: Well, and we've become so, to your point, we've become so used to distraction. And that becomes the norm. It becomes the normal state or the familiar state, even though it's unhealthy. So a mm-hmm. distracted state or a stressed state is often the, the way of operating the world. And this has been something that has shifted people on such a huge, you know, tidal wave of change. And again, there's a lot of physiology involved in the dopamine hits that happen when, you know, someone gets many likes on their Instagram posts or Facebook or whatever, but with phones, with, with kids, it's very often the sense of how many likes did I get or how many, whatever. And that feeds this sense of, Oh, I'm okay you know i'm okay and i was talking to a friend of mine and he was telling me he was on a hike with his nephew and his nephew had posted something and his nephew's mood went from being in a pretty good mood and all of a sudden just dropped into sort of a sadness because he didn't have any likes on his phone on the on the post oh, right. and so they kept <clears throat> hiking they kept talking but the the danger is is that look at what the child has identified as giving him a sense of validation and then yep. when he they got off and they had better signal and better reception then brrr, all these likes came in and the boy's mood just elevated but it's dangerous because it's very addictive for the brain right oh yes and, and distractedness goes into that sense of we cannot be present so this is why these you know breathing and meditation and being in nature anything to reinforce that felt sense of being present, I think is so, so important right now.
1: Listen, I get turned on when I use my credit card and I hear ding and it says approved. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank God I was approved to buy at least one person today. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh Gordon, that's funny.
1: <laughs> Sometimes the, the the real, the uh, uh, retail people, though, just look at me like, what a jerk.
0: I'm sure <laughs> they do. I'm <laughs> sure
1: they do. I'm like, okay, we're not going to play here anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, I think that one is, is parents have to keep their sense of humor going. Yeah. This is not a time to get s- serious at all. You know, Not when we're all in one space and we're trying to make it you know, real 24 hours a day. I think that humor plays a huge role yeah, because I think humor humor is a door that allows for compassion and empathy. they're They're all sort of sitting there, you know, uh, and being empathic or being being compassionate doesn't necessarily mean we have to be incredibly serious.
2: No, and it's a very good point because the humor is so healing and it goes back to play. I think as as adults, we often forget what does it actually mean to play?
1: I don't know what, what. does it
2: mean to be playful? <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> Well, I don't know either. I just exactly. think, I think for me, I find that like, I, I find play what I did uh, about a year and a half ago, is I started to learn how to play bongos. And I okay. just thought, you know, this was fun. It was uh, a sense of newness and it is playful. It there is, it's a, the, the sound of the drums have a playful sound. It's a playful movement. And I think music can be playful, but before, you know, the idea of phones and digital Obviously, children had, we all had different ways of being creative and being playful. But w- the reality is, is that, yes, technology is here and it's here to stay. You know, we're not yes. going to run away from it. It's not going to go away unless the earth implodes. But essentially, <laughs> you know, which it could happen. It could happen. But, <laughs> but it's how do we, again, have a relationship with it, just like everything in the world? How do we have a relationship that is healthy? Well, instead I of one think it
1: comes in with play. And that's called curiosity. Yes. Curiosity is the thing that fuels people. I think that the people who are living to 100 are because they're so curious. They're not pretending they have the answers. They're not pretending they know everything. I mean, it really is curiosity. I think curiosity and hope um, as well as compassion and empathy for themselves as well as for others. I think those are all part and parcel of this you know, uniqueness that we all have that we want to share that with our children.
2: Yeah, and they don't care about what other people think. They do whatever
1: they want. Oh my right? God. The <laughs> fact that they're playing with their parents is the most important thing. Yeah. You know that, I meant the elderly people. I mean the people who remember oh, the elderly really people long. don't it's care. Like, they get to I mean, a point where who cares? I'll do whatever I want, right? Really we start off in diapers, we finish up in diapers. Right, you right. know, but we're still curious. Yes. 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 Exactly. <laughs> the whole thing. You know, I mean it's uh yeah, the the elderly who don't who don't care, um, and but you know just take such great joy in, oh let me let me see that plant over there, that flower or whatever, and they're just so enraptured by you know its color or how it's been been taught to grow or whatever. So you know, God, look, you know that's our elders for us. That's what they still have to teach us as our children do: is curiosity and playfulness. Yes. You know? Yes. Let's playfully go to a commercial here, and we will be back in two minutes.
2: Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll-free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voiceamerica.
0: You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Riddell. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, welcome back. Uh, This is Gord Riddell, and I am here with Alexia Georgiasis, and we are discussing parenting in a pandemic world. Uh, it sounds very ominous, doesn't it? it does. you know, I think that when we, we were talking just before the break about, you know, some of the, some of the qualities that we really want to have as a way to connect and a way to connect with our children. Uh, but I also think that the whole idea of, of, you know, we, we have to be able to, you know, uh, know how to regulate our own emotional experience. In other words, um, we Although this is a really hard time, we can't be just, you know, splaying that out everywhere, crying or being angry or swearing and all that kind of stuff. And because what we're teaching our children is that they don't need to have a regulation over their own emotional
2: experience. Exactly.
1: You know, now I'm not, I'm not talking about, this is, this is a very fine line here because as a male, um, I'm very aware of the socialization around don't cry, don't feel sad. Uh, and how we cover that up, and I think that that's that's a horrible, you know, m- you know, injustice is done with men. I think that men need an opportunity to be able to re-regulate uh, their dysregulation. Uh, yeah. Of this is anger is okay. This is not okay. So it's a very fine line that says you know emotional regulation and social adaptability and so on. Um, I think that you know the most important thing is is that if we don't model though that for our children our children never have a chance to know what that's going to be like right you know? right like the kid who you know i mean this even ties into boundaries you know the kid who starts yelling and screaming in a in a department store you know they want to have this and you're saying no but he just or she just ramps it up and now everybody's looking at you like you're the creepy mom or the creepy dad that's making their kid cry right and so in that moment of embarrassment it's easier to say, "Damn it, here it is," and give the kid. So, what did we just teach the kid? Mm-hmm. If they make it big enough and embarrass you enough, you are going to give in. Right, right. That's not a good thing because that's what entitlement kids do.
2: Yes, and it's 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 I think it's a, it's basically a subconscious manipulation that you know. Oh, this is what I can do. But you're right; it's modeled, and I think it's it's modeled in terms of not just how to behave. Also, the concern that often I have is when parents don't have an issue with their anger or their sadness or whatever emotion it is, and they don't know how to regulate it for themselves, that the children also take on those emotions or they believe that, oh, this is how I'm supposed to be treated. If I see a certain, you know, one of my parents being treated a certain way, then I'm going to model that way. Either I'm going to treat other people this way or this is what I will allow. And and I think that that creates, of course, that's why you know there's so many people going to therapists and hallelujah for especially spiritual psychotherapy. That it's like we need that holistic therapy that is allowing us to unpack all these parts and then go into connection with the wisdom that's in all of us and encompass the idea of the earth as well. This is nature is so healing and teaches us so much. We can watch nature programs and see how a lioness disciplines her cubs you know in terms of keeping them in line right there's there's a real sense of authority there that's like there's you know it's not abusive but it is absolutely intentional and it is clear
1: yes yeah well that's the authoritative versus the the authoritarian that we talked about in the last show you know yes uh that they're they're really quite different so you know so here we are. We're 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 condemned <laughs> by our, our politicians to stay indoors for a while. Uh, certainly by what's going on. Um, I think that there's certain things that we can do that will allow for a, a strong connection. Um, I think that you know emotional regulation is really important. You know that there's no doubt about it. But I think that you know creating a, you know a loving space that your child feels that they can return to no matter what happens and their life gets tougher, crazier, crazy or chaos you know yeah, absolutely. it can just be a little corner in your house like this is the safe corner you know? well and I
2: think I think it goes back to what you've said also Gord is that we have you know I I know that I like to believe that people aren't lazy and I think that <laughs> part of it is when parents are extremely fatigued and exhausted is that it's an extra effort to have to, let's say, get up a little earlier so that their self-care can be there or they can have a quiet, some quiet time. But the reality is that all of us need right now to pay attention to how we've become so comfortable with our sense of being and that, yeah, we need to be a little bit more uncomfortable and maybe work a little harder in certain things. And mm. and that takes some effort. It's not comfortable, but at the same time, it's the the reward and really who we're doing it for because it is about modeling children, supporting ourselves because it's that, you know, that what you've brought up before around self care first before you can actually take care of others. But, but I think you does, model
1: that to your children, though. Yes, that's a yes. huge modeling if they're it's seeing huge. how you take care of yourself.
2: Oh, it's fantastic. And yeah. I think that I see I've seen kids that model their parents, and it's amazing when I see the parents you know, saying that, no, this is my time for yoga, or this is my time to, you know, have my f- phone call with my friend or whatever it is, but it's showing again, clear boundaries. But this has been very challenging. It's like what my brother was saying that one week is great. And then the next week with his kids, it's like, it's just a, you know, a gong show. And right. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's this, and I think for him and his wife as well, that my sister-in-law, that it's also around, okay, how do we do this in a way that's going to be balanced? And still have time for ourselves and it's it's showing a lot of parts that it's like okay you know need to adapt and need to soften here and and i think that that's it's a very powerful powerful time to learn about ourselves and and for parents especially again knowing that those children are going to be our future adults right these children are going to be the future
1: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly you know, um, yeah, well, it's, you know, a certain ages now become, you know, like our politicians and our world leaders. And I just look and go, no, this can't be happening, <laughs> you know, so is the next, is the next, you know, generation going to be ready? You know, I think that one of the most powerful things uh, for us to remember is, is that positive role models uh, are so, so important throughout a child's life. You know, Definitely. They, they uh, you know, there are certain people it's like, who is your favorite teacher? Well, it's probably a role model of some sort or your priest or, or what's that or, you know, whatever. But there's always role models, I think, in every kid's life that, you yes. know, played, played somehow or other a significant role. For me, it was my grandmother. My grandmother is my role model. And I have a career as a result of learning what she did and how she went about it and, and being able to model that and want to be a person that contributes to the world the way I know she did kind of thing. So, you know, that, not that my parents didn't, but there was something special yeah. about that that touched me, you know, whereas my brothers I know were touched by my father, you know, although I picked up his humor. Right, um, right, you know, right. little, I just I went for all the best stuff. I could get my hands yeah. on it. You know, I really well, didn't care about Well, I think you, you bring
2: a really good point up. It's because I think a lot of parents, I know that Brene Brown's written about it around vulnerability And I think that part of it is, yeah, how do we embrace this imperfection and the fact that, of course, we're going to fail and, of course, we're going to make mistakes. But I think the message to the children and to anyone is the idea of consistency, of I'm consistently going to show up and make an effort to say that, you know what, I will improve and I'm going to be compassionate on myself, but I am going to make an effort to continue on this journey for however long I'm going to be a parent, which is for most people their entire lives, typically, unless they, you know, have some kind of tragedy or something that happens with the child. But it's that commitment to say, this is a role that I'm playing. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. And I think it's okay for children also to have more than one role model. I think it's Mm -hmm. actually very healthy to be able to take various qualities from different people and say, wow, this person really demonstrated this incredible way of being compassionate. For me, I have a, it was a great aunt of mine who is, has passed and she's in Greece and, you know, someone who uneducated married at 14, the most accepting, accepting soul I have ever met in my entire life.
1: Wow.
2: You know, and, and that beauty of her being able to embrace her life and just be with anyone is, was for me such an amazing, no criticism, no sense of, judgment. It was just who you are, just who anyone is.
1: So beautiful, right? Yeah. You know, that's how my grandmother is, you know, yeah. being a pastor of a church and so on, you know, so, you know, that comes around then to, you know, being busy all the time is just so counterproductive because we need to take time to just be there, you know, and just be with be with them. So spending time is one thing, but it's being present in that time that we just talked about holding space. So people are like, what does that really mean? Holding space. Holding space is that the, the fact that it's a space. There's nothing in it. There's no judgment. There's no judgment as to how I, you're supposed to be. You know, this, you know, you, you said something just a couple of minutes ago and, and it just you know, made me think again, you know, there's so many supposed to's or should be's in our life. And that interferes with life more than anything because it's not real. It's a fantasy. It doesn't exist. You know, yeah. I shouldn't be this old. What, what the alternative was what? Right. <laughs> <laughs> think of, you know, think about right. it, you know, right. um, yeah. to, to be able to do, to, you know, have that radical acceptance of reality, to get rid of judgment, you know, uh, and, and the judgment is always about what I don't know, what I'm afraid of and what I need you to be. That's always going to be the judgment, yeah. you know? Uh, and and discover who our kid is, or ch- exactly. all of our children are. You know. Well, the famous. What's the famous book? The
2: The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. I think he says something in uh, there around children. I'm p- totally paraphrasing, but it's something like children come through us; they are not us. Something exactly,
1: like that. Exactly. Exactly. But
2: it's beautiful. It's so wise.
1: Right. Well, it is. It is wise. Yes, we they come through us. That's uh, that's how the biology of this works, but. The spirituality of it, you know, is, is that these are totally unique human beings that have decided to come to the planet with us, you know, and we were lucky enough to be chosen to be their parent, you know, Um, but, you know, when we try and make them into something else or we see them as being a reflection of us, you know, the whole thing of the, you know, the in family systems, like the eldest kid has to be, we talked about this yesterday a little bit. You know, right. the, yes. the kid has to be the, the the star to make the family look good. Wow, my God, you know, that's so unfair to the child. Oh, it's terribly you know? unfair. It's terribly yeah. unfair. And yeah. I, I think so, there's, a, there's a saying I heard
2: that I like, with it, that we actually choose our parents. The yes. soul chooses our parents, which I think if the soul is choosing the parent, then it's a very interesting uh and I find quite empowering on a way, when, when, in a way, not when, you know, you might not realize it when you're younger, but then to see it when you're older and saying, oh, there's, there's something here that I am meant to learn, but also meant to teach. And, and in terms of, it changes the perspective of potential conflicts. But I think that ultimately, you know, any human being who has the responsibility to care and for a child, you know, they're, they have a very challenging position to be in and it requires that they work with their vulnerability. And it's, I think it's so challenging and it's just like any relationship, but for children in particular who are so impressionable and need the guidance, they need boundaries. They need a sense of, you know, understanding consequence, understanding choice, understanding freedom, but again, with a safe container, because safe safety—the yeah. message—they have to feel safe. They have to feel like I think it's beautiful when when I hear of stories of parents where the children really feel safe in telling the parents something that they did wrong, and they're, they they just feel like I need to tell my parent. They're not afraid. They know their parent will always love them no matter what.
1: Yeah, and and, and you and you're not as a parent always going to know w- whether you're making the right decision or not. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's go with your gut. And make sure that you have other parents to talk to who may have gone through similar experiences. You're not going to know it all. The parenting is probably the scariest and, and the most unregulated job of your entire life.
2: Oh, easily. And the most challenging. I think the yeah. most challenging, especially now because we've, we do not have, again, so much community anymore. There's, yep. there's less, there's more isolation. There's more like, oh, this family is here. And there's not a lot of, of this sense of there's more than one adult involved with this child. Are, you know, in terms of aside yeah, from the, the extended parents. family idea, yeah, exactly, exactly. Or it takes
1: a village to make an idiot, no, it takes yeah. a village to make a child. <laughs> <laughs> I think was the name of the thing. <laughs> I, I just want to emphasize though, you know, this is is time that you may never ever have again. You know, to discover, spend the time and discover who your children are and to discover who they are and let them discover who you are as a parent, you know, not. No more supposed tos being real, you know, and we all, we all have flaws. This isn't about perfection, but it gives us a time to reflect, to experience. And what greater gift can there ever be than to discover, you know, who our parents are, who our child's children are, you know, because it's, uh, you know, it's just something that um, it just, I just don't think happens, you know, and then all of a sudden the cycle carries on and I'm gone, the parents, you know, and, and our children have moved away and they're carrying on the new cycle all over again, you know. So I just want to bring yeah, well up. Said. Uh, well said, well said, Gord. You know, I just I just want to bring up the, the, the thing of uh, thank you, uh, the Compassion Circle, uh, which is every Friday night at seven o'clock on Zoom. Uh, the uh, it's uh, called the Compassion Circle meeting number eight eight zero three seven nine three eight six, and the password is thirty one forty seven zero three. Bingo! Um, <laughs> but those are the numbers you need to be able to get into it, and we you are welcome. It's free to join us at any time. So thank you for listening. And we look forward to meeting up with you again next week.
0: Thank you for tuning into things worth considering. Please join your host Gord Riddell for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time and 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life, and how they define who you are.